0: He's a big draw, but wouldn't have been good for him. How
1: so? Um, because if I hurt him, I wasn't taking his neck. What were you going to take? His soul. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers.
0: All right. Oh, sorry. Let's start start that off harshly. Hello, people. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Throw Punch MMA. I am Chase Hill.
1: We're here with Tito B.
0: Oh yeah, and we're uh, up to no good because we're about to talk about the Palo Costa, Marvin Vettori card. And uh, this one, um, the the reason this fight has been garnering some attention. I I know you haven't seen the video, but there was this interview between Paulo Costa and Marvin Victoria, and they um they're sitting down and they're talking, and Paulo is saying, you know, we need to change the we, weight, you we know, can you make agreement and we do catch weight. That sounds more Russian. That's terrible. I speak uh-huh. in that voice, but um it, overall, like Paulo Costa is hilarious. He reminds me of like Lou Ferrigno. Like yeah, um, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Dude played the original Hulk because like he just he's like such like an old school like uh, just bodybuilder type. I, I picture him like kind of hanging out with Arnold back in the day, and he's just so fucking funny because it, apparently like he, he explains all this to Marvin and then Marvin says the funniest shit ever. He's like, dude, this is so funny. He, he says, this is fucking stupid, but he's laughing. And then he goes in and he's like, dude, like our dude, shouldn't you try to make weight? He's like, I mean, we're we we're both fighting the division. That's 185. Like, what do you mean? You're, you're not trying to make weight. Like, and, and he's saying, well, we can figure something out, go to 205. And he's like, wait, what? Like, Marvin Vittori's reaction is, like, the perfect mixture of confusion and just bewilderment. (laughs) Like, he's just bewildered. Like, you could tell he's not mad. (laughs) He's not mad at Polo because they're both – like, they honestly seem like buddies because they're they're both kind of one and the same. But they both were having, like – it seemed like two, like, homies, like, busting each other's balls. But Polo was just saying, like, yeah, like, I'm a – I'm I'm not gonna be able to make weight. And then in the leading up in the presser, he went up and said that he currently weighed two hundred and eleven pounds. I think that might have been two days ago. And today is Friday. I know tomorrow's Friday, so that's the day of the weigh in. I don't know what's going on, but I, I Polo, What's your, what are your thoughts on Polo Costa trying to shift it to a catchweight or a light heavyweight bout or whatever weight bout uh, last minute? Do you think he's trying to pull a yeah. Nick Diaz? Like, what is he, he doing?
1: I think, yeah, he he's kind of taking a page of, of Nick Diaz, but I also think Izzy must have beat the stupid into him because, holy shit, what's wrong with this guy? Dude, <laughs>
0: I listened to the, the Bisping podcast and he interviewed Sean Strickland and Sean Strickland said some of the, like, it's hilarious. I'm not going to paraphrase so much, but he said that he's like, yeah, you know, I'm friends with Marvin and Paulo. They're, they're, they're both strong and shit, but they're both dumb as fuck. And, and <clears throat> it's weird that Sean does that interview. And then literally like, like I think in the same day, like or a day later, this Paulo Costa shit comes out and dude, I, I mean, I remember we were texting each other, and you said he's off uh, off the yak. <laughs> I mean, the yak, dude, it's like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, he might be drinking wine and also be like.
1: He's, he's fucking drinking a, li- he's drinking a little more than wine, bro.
0: Oh, yeah, dude, he's drinking TRT.
1: Oh, my God, bro, he's jacked, he's wearing women's blouses, he's talking crazy, making catchweight fights. Bro, he has not been right since Izzy whooped him.
0: Yeah, it's weird because, um, you know, I, it, I'm i not going to compare it heavily to uh, Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder, after he lost to Tyson, I think it is a similar thing where mentally something did change because Deontay made a whole lot of excuses, and he was never, ever really that guy. He was never an excuse maker, and then all of a sudden, you know, he has all these reasons about why he lost so he could, you know, try to psych himself up. But with Polo Costa, you know, you make a great point because that fight with Izzy, it makes you wonder, like, he must have been under a lot of stress. I mean, fighting is stressful, of course, inherently. It doesn't matter. It's a stressful event, especially when you plan it, you train for it. So I I understand that. I respect that. But there is an element of, like, yeah, Israel Adesanya must have really affected Polo Costa before the fight, maybe just as much after the fight, because if he influenced Polo to be so stressful, to drink wine, and then what what so have it that Izzy beats him in a dominant fashion, and I I think a big factor might have been Paulo Costa is a fucking, he's built like the Hulk, and he fought Yoel Romero, and he was thinking, like, dude, like, if you compare Izzy's fight with Yoel to Paulo's fight with Yoel, like, they're just both going at it like fucking Megatron, and then you have Izzy, who is much more of the laid-back um, sophisticated striker. I, it's, I think Polo was, Paulo was thinking, I'm going to beat the shit out of this skinny guy. And then when it didn't happen, I think it, it changed him.
1: And he exposed him, showed him how slow he was. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not trying to take anything from Yoel Romero. He's a fucking beast. But Yoel Romero isn't 20 something years old either. Does Paulo Costa beat Yoel Romero when he's fucking 20? 25? No. So I, I just think you know, he it just exposed him a bit. Yo kind of exposed him and then Izzy's just a hundred times faster than Yoel and was able to just hit him and, and move and not get hit. And it was just a beautiful beautiful uh a beautiful performance by Izzy, but I think Paula Costa got uh, exposed and that's like
0: Yeah, and it's it's a fucking shame because, you know, he was undefeated for his matchup with Israel at And it makes me think is it sort of like uh, the undefeated syndrome? It's I'm sorry, man. We're talking. I'm doing the podcast in the car. I just saw a dude in a Jurassic Park shirt uh, smell his dog's <laughs> asshole. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. This is a weird podcast. Yo, like he did, and now he's picking up the shit. He's picking up the dog shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, I wish I got it on video. It's always oh, smelling it again. Dude.
1: Fucking he's Like, what's, what's up
0: here? Or, uh, no, 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 Jeez. no. Here's what you're doing. The the dog actually had a little bit of shit caught, and now he's just using the bag to to fucking assault it. Uh, Jesus,
1: you dude.
0: I don't know. I know you're you're across the map right now, but I wish you could see what I'm seeing.
1: Jeez, I wish I wish I could too. <laughs> that was interesting. Shit. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. hilarious.
0: Dude, this is life uh, in the Hollywood area, dogs. Get... <laughs> I mean, I listen, I mean, I have a dog. I, I know, like, sometimes they get they get loose turds, you know, hanging on them. They're like, damn, like, I saw him put his face. I was like, yo, dog. Like, not the dog, but the guy. Yeah, like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> um but geez, the dog yeah, didn't they have
1: another
0: one in the chamber. Yeah. Oh, you know what's hilarious? He just let, even in his effort to pick up the dog shit, he just left the bag. Uh, he, he forgot a couple bags and now they're floating in the wind. So even though he cleaned up his dog shit, he still polluted the environment with some plastic bags.
1: That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. What, a, so, what a gentleman. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, th- this could never happen if we were, like, in, like, an enclosed, like, you know, this is, this is, this is the pot. I'm in my car. Oh my goodness. No, nah, dude, look, I'm going to upgrade my setup soon, but that was great. Oh my God. I wish I could have live streamed that shit. That was a dirty freak. fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, but back to Paulo Costa. Sorry. Um, yeah. Paulo Costa is, is a really, I, I think he's a really tough son of a bitch. I think Marvin is. And, I mean, if they figure out a catchweight situation, okay. But I do feel bad for Marvin because, I mean, in, in all fairness to Marvin Vittori, you know, even though he went into the second fight with Izzy thinking he beat him in the first one, I mean, a lot of fighters do that. So it's kind of standard if rematches happen, if it's a decision, whatever, so, so have you. It's It's just for me. Marvin Vittori, um, he does everything right, and I could only imagine if you're in his shoes, you're cutting the weight, you're doing the extra cardio, you're busting your ass, you're working out to lose that extra pounds, and then you have Paulo Costa, who is just—if anything, he's putting weight on, and it's—it's it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, we gotta, we gotta
1: make weight. I can't have you be
0: uh, dramatically bigger than me because then it favors you in the grappling area and power shots.
1: Man, that thing, Vittori's gonna fuck him up. <laughs> If he's already coming in with that kind of fucking attitude, bro, I really think Vittori's going to fuck him up because, if anything, Vittori might be have more of a fire lit under his ass because he went the five rounds with Izzy, and Acosta got finished. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and that's the thing. I think Marvin is more is – personally, I just view him as a more technical fighter even though they, they both like to just fucking be in your face. Like, they're both in-your-face fighters. I just think Paulo is is much more, much more one dimensional, and not to say he doesn't have multiple dimensions, but comparatively speaking, he's, he's one dimensional, and it it does you know what bothers me when this happens because man, if you're having trouble making weight, move up a weight class. Like Paulo, he might be able to do pretty good at two hundred five. It would make more sense for him, and if he did that, okay. But until then, I mean, it just it makes you worry a bit because it's like, all right, well. I mean, for his own mental health and his psyche, like, you don't want him going into these situations because, I mean, people give Rumble Johnson a lot of shit, but you know what, at least that guy, when he was, Rumble Johnson, this is hilarious, he used to be a welterweight, and, like, at least he tried to make weight, and he did make weight at times, but he missed weight quite a bit, but at least he tried, it's like, Paulo Costa's not even fucking (laughs) trying, so, if you're Dana White, it's like, I mean, shit, like, Nick all right bringing up Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler weight class I mean I could care less I mean Nick Diaz is a legend he deserved the exemption if he if if they wanted to move the weight class I don't give a shit okay but with Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori, considering how important this fight is for the middleweight division and uh, I mean it, it I personally see the winner I think the winner of this fight should fight Jared Cannonier right I
1: agree I mean that's
0: my I think it makes sense, you know, because Jared just beat Calvin, and originally Paulo was supposed to fight Jared Cannonier, but that fell through. So, and Jared Cannonier is an interesting guy because he used to fight at heavyweight and now he's a middleweight, but he's like a lean middleweight, which, but he's also fucking Jack and really strong. It's it's interesting. I would love to see him fight Paulo or Marvin because yeah, they're all one eighty ers but. It's interesting to see a guy who was a heavyweight come down to two weight classes and carry heavyweight power almost.
1: Yeah, bro. He's he's definitely a special, special breed. And I honestly think he poses the biggest threat to Izzy, like just stylistic-wise. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't know, man. I I hope he gets the winner of this fight and then moves on to a tighter shot.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. Like, I want to see Jerry get a title shot. and Because, I mean, like, listen, like, I respect Marvin.
1: I respect Paula.
0: At least they had title shots. And, um, right. you know, I, I think Jared fairly, you know, like he he's bounced back from the Robert Whitaker loss. And, uh, I mean, Robert Whitaker deserves a title shot. What the fuck else am I saying? Like, he deserves one too, you know, another crack at it. But either way, I, I do think Jerry near. like, I remember watching this fight against Anderson Silva. And even though it wasn't the prime Anderson Silva, I was still impressed with how he chopped at his legs and maintained distance, for, especially for a 5'11 middleweight.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did really good. I was definitely surprised in that fight as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible. And then what he did to Jack Manson, his improvement upon his wrestling defense. He he, I think him going down, the, it's crazy to see a fighter where literally they, they had some bumps in the road. And they and they readjust and then they readjust again. Like it literally for Jerry they're third what is it? Um, what, did, what did they say? Uh, like three times the trick. Him going down the middleweight <coughs> really solidifies him as a, one of the. He's almost like to me like a reverse Anthony Johnson. Like Anthony yeah. Johnson was a was a welterweight who was like a fucking heavyweight, and then you have like uh, you know, and now you have jerry Cannonier who is a a fucking like he's like a weird i don't know how to put it like he has almost like light heavyweight heavyweight power but he's a fucking middleweight now and he probably carried more power when he was heavier but i don't know his speed that he has now it's it's a weird thing like to see fighters like i don't know carry um certain traits and qualities from their previous light class while at the same time adopting certain things in the new one
1: Yeah man the the way he bro he hits hard like when you listen to that shit like when they play the 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 sound of it bro the smack it's so fast and it comes out so hard it I'm surprised he he doesn't like when he was up there at heavyweight I'm surprised he wasn't dropping people more often Yeah I
0: yeah, I think, too, like, it, it might have been a weird thing where, yeah, he's powerful, but maybe, I don't know, like, I think he might have just got caught because I for Jared Cannonier for each weight class, he would go on a winning streak, and then he would get, I can't remember who he lost to, but everybody he lost to were significant players in his divisions, I believe. Like, he fought a really significant heavyweight loss to him, fought a significant light heavyweight loss to him, and I, I can't remember the names. But it, he only lost to the top top of the class talent. It's not like he was getting mopped up like through his career. And then he goes down to middleweight where, personally, he looked incredibly dominant. In the fight with Robert Whittaker. yes, Robert beat him, definitely beat him. But it wasn't this whole entire, like, oh, no, he got knocked out, he got finished, like in his previous fights from the other weight classes. He, I think, is more durable at middleweight. I think um, he he brings his power from heavyweight and it's really unmatchable. And maybe at heavyweight, he of course like heavyweights are all powerful, but then you have those people like Francis and Gagne who kind of meet a different metric, or uh, you know, and 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 everyone's different, you know what I mean? And their bodies are different. Him being five eleven, it's really and even for. For middleweight, him being five eleven, it's crazy. So like, this is a really strong guy with thick bones. He's gonna kick the shit out of
1: your legs. You ain't lying, and I did not realize he was five eleven. Holy shit, he looks bigger on TV and shit.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think too, it's like, I I really just think like he's just fucking built. It's like he took all the baby fat off, but. He's just a fucking rock now, like a rock of muscle. But he's he's a technical – he's really good technically when you mix durability with technicality, I mean technical ability, and uh, his cardio is uh, sufficient enough to get him through. I mean, he went the distance with Robert Whitaker. So his cardio is efficient. So this guy – I mean, I totally agree with you when you mentioned him being a great matchup for Israel Adesanya. Even so, Israel Adesanya years ago – I think two years ago, declared uh, Jared Cannonier as the dark horse of the division.
1: Yeah, I agree, and he, and and, and he got some little ass legs like John Jones, man, and nobody has kicked them shits.
0: Oh shit! Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one's kicked John Jones' legs yet. I think no, no fight.
1: one, no one, bro. I'm telling you, I every time I watch him fight, I'm like, yo, his legs are so fucking thin. Not one of these motherfuckers. Do a lower calf kick, kick his legs. Nothing. They never do. It's crazy to me.
0: Do you think that's why John does those oblique kicks and where he fucks someone? Yeah, for
1: life? I do. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you can't kick me now. Yep, I really, I really do that. That technique kicks the people away from trying to kick. It's crazy. Did you see he got kicked out of the gym?
0: Oh yes, yes. And and what's even worse, man, is that this, John is still in denial about everything.
1: That's
0: crazy. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy, but also his poor family. Jesus.
1: That that too, but it's like he's wasting his prime.
0: He is. He's wasting his potential, and it's really sad because this is the same guy who was campaigning to fight Francis, or at least, I mean, now Francis or Cyril, but it it just bothers me because it's... Outside of him being a talented person, I mean, I think it, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you were anybody... I mean, just the details of what happened. And um, just, I read up and everything. I listened to the police, uh, the phone call. It, it's really, it just bothersome because I, I'm the kind of person, like, I can look past John Jones doing steroids. You know, we can forgive John Jones for the hit and run. We can X, Y, and Z. We can forgive him for X, Y, and Z. But my thing is, um, this is something where, Yes, there have been a lot of cases where fighters have been in domestic issues, but this is something different. Where you have a guy like John Jones, who's known to have a lot of demons, drug issues. You know, he's the type of guy. Like if you bring him within any radius of nightclubs, alcohol, it, it just it's it brings it's something bad is bound to happen. You know, he's an addict, and this is a guy who, as as much as I respect him as a fighter. Like, we got to understand, he does have some sociopathic qualities. Like, I mean, (laughs) that's partially why he's so good.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say that. That's why he's so fucking good. He's a fucking nut. Chad is a psycho. That's fucking nuts, bro. Like, he he can't catch a break. It's like him and Conor McGregor, it's like, they like, all right, you got shit, John Jones? Guess what? I'm going to one-up you and punch the shit out of an Italian DJ. Like what oh, the dude. fuck is wrong with them?
0: Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. It's like, and the thing is with Connor, it's. I mean, let, let's say this: How would you feel if you heard that Connor made his wife's face bloody?
1: That would be nuts, especially as much as he always is posting pictures of D and all this shit of her and the kids. So I would, that would be pretty disappointing.
0: And I'm not saying he would. I don't think he would. I mean, he punched a DJ. I don't think DJ. he would either. Yeah, I don't think he would. I think he's fucking nuts, but I think he's a different kind of nuts. I think he's like, you know, snort coke off a of stripper's ass nuts and maybe punch a <laughs> kind of DJ. You know, you know, like, but like, he's, he's that kind of nuts. And John right. a little bit of that crazy as well. But the thing is, um, you know, regardless of not a mental health, when I, when I read the report, about you know his daughters screaming things like that again. Like I don't know these people and I have no no dog in this fight by any means. But just knowing the story, even though everyone's been chiming in putting putting in their two cents, it's yes I I can understand. I, I think the last thing John Jones honestly needs from people is oh poor John. I don't think people should be telling him that because I think that's part of the issue where when you're great at something, people will allow you to slide. Uh, on your, on really glaring flaws, not just flaws, but let's say character defects. And when that happens and you, you have no one to to really talk to, to kind of maintain and keep you leveled, well, that's an issue because John Jones, he always preaches, uh, well, literally preaches, son of the preacher, you know, he's always used religion as like this weird backdrop excuse. He, but he really just shows so many symptoms of a narcissist and Literally how many of his opponents, how many other fighters or people who know him have said the guy is a fucking sociopath, psycho but like literally they're not just saying he's oh he's a wild guy, he likes to drink. They're like, no, he's fucked up. And it the more this shit happens, it's kinda like, well, what a, and before this, mind you, like wasn't he shooting his gun off in, in the streets during COVID and then before that he choked a stripper like that you gotta understand like this is, no I'm just being real like this cage fight but, is for sure yeah
1: but what if the stripper didn't bring him back the correct change
0: oh that, <laughs> well, that, that one might have been helpful, a little yeah.
1: justifiable <laughs> nah I'm just kidding but you know what so you know what's crazy though as much shit as this guy has been in, Dana White doesn't like him and doesn't talk to him. He won't release him. Oh no! So you know what I mean. That's why he's going to continue to ask the way he asked. There's no, there's no repercussion. It's just, you know what I mean. Have I don't know. You know, Bellator will pick him up so quick, but
0: oh, Bellator would fucking. They would give. They would give John Jones a Bellator <laughs> to have him fight Bellator.
1: Bellator was signing bitches for him to beat. <laughs> this is that shit is crazy, bro. Like they would do anything he wanted. What you want, coke? I'll order you everything you need. Scott like, Coker. Hey, that's the name. <laughs> but but it's crazy, bro. Like like he he there is who's gonna his his you know like his parents are not gonna be able to check him. His brothers can't check him. Like there's nobody out there that's kind of. Able to put him in his place, you know what I mean. So he's never felt defeat. He's just like on this forever high.
0: Yeah, and and the times when he should have felt defeat, like against Dominic Reyes, Dominic won that fight. Legitimately, he should have been the champion that night, and he kept his belt. So literally, everything from the hit and run, John Jones has never had significant consequences. He's only been suspended. He's been oh, this it, it's. He is becoming the af. He's almost like that affluent white kid who killed a wife, uh, who killed a mother and her daughter. And then the lawyer says, "Well, the issue is he's been told yes his whole life, and that's why he got drunk and then killed somebody. (laughs) It's not his fault, your honor. You know." And then, and then the family, the you know, the other people is like, "Well, what, what the fuck about us?" But the issue here is John is the guy. He's victimizing his own family. I mean, he, he's attacking his own life, and the thing is, John Jones is a scary fight just to any, but imagine if you're a, his wife, if you're a woman, if you're a woman like and, and it, being a woman is scary enough in this world, but then not only are, is there a man in front of you, it's your husband who happens to be literally considered one of the greatest mixed martial artists ever, and his ego is incredibly inflated and and don't get me wrong, this is the kind of shit. That makes me think that John Jones is going to lose his next fight. Um, as great as he is, I think that if if let's say Francis beats Cyril, or I, it doesn't even matter. I personally think Cyril gone would beat John Jones at this point. I think Francis will because at this point John is broken, and I think he might be broken beyond means. And this is not me trying to be a harsh person. I love John Jones. I, I think anybody who's an MMA fan loves him. But there's an element when you think, goddamn, like, we got to draw a line in the sand. If you're going to be bloodying your woman up and everything and all this and that. And it it makes you take a look and think, well, something should happen. You should have a consequence. And it shouldn't be a suspension. In my opinion, I don't even want to – I could live if John Jones was released. I could not watch him fight anymore. I'd be okay. Because, um I don't know, it, it just makes me sick to my stomach because people will give John Jones a pass. But Chuck Liddell, I think, recently was falsely accused of domestic uh, violence, and his wife was actually hitting the shit out of him, apparently, and he just took it. And then he decided, he's like, I don't want to see my kids, I don't want my kids to see their mom go to jail. He went to jail, he talked to the police, sorted things out, and the charges were dropped. So Chuck Liddell didn't hit his wife, apparently. And imagine now, like how people might turn on Chuck Liddell or and so we just can't give people free reigns, I think. And I'm not saying it's, oh, cancel culture, this and that. But let's be fair. John Jones is a public figure, and he drinks his uh, own orange juice quite a bit. He, he drinks his ego quite a bit. And I, I think he needs, to, he needs to go through it. He needs consequences. Same thing with Conor McGregor. What Conor McGregor, just because it wasn't his wife he hit, what he did was still fucked up. He just shouldn't be attacking people. He's a trained killer. He shouldn't just be attacking DJs. It's not, none of it really should be coming down to that. I mean, and he swung a, a cane at Machine Gun Kelly. It's really just pathetic. All
1: right, hold up, Machine Gun Kelly deserved it because he tried well, to. Well, all get right, him. he deserves it. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of mad, Connor didn't get his ass because let me tell you, Machine Gun Kelly switched the whole genre after Eminem got in them. He said, you know what, I'm gonna just go rock and roll because uh, this rap thing ain't working out.
0: Yeah, and it's not even good rock and roll. It's fucked up. Yeah.
1: Like, it's
0: like yeah. a rip off of Blink-182. I don't know
1: what it is, but I need a, uh, you know, I, I wish Conor would have got his answer.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, if Conor laid out MGK, I would have been like, finally, Conor has a win to retire on.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yo, did you see Tony Ferguson called out Conor McGregor? He said, what's up, McNugget? We're going to run this. We got some unfinished business.
0: Oh, I like
1: that fight. I like that fight for a comeback fight for his, after his leg injury.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'm at a point where if people – if Conor McGregor is just some cash cow that, that gets beaten, I don't give a fuck. Like, let him be that guy because I want Tony to get a truckload of money. I want Tony to get enough money to, to feed generations of his family because that guy, what he has done, put on the line. You know, and it's crazy you bring this up because I had a coworker say, oh, Patty Pimblet called out Tony Ferguson. What do you think about that? And I was fair. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. But I uh, I think Tony personally deserves a better opportunity because, A, what he has done in the sport is astronomical, and Patty Pimblet has only had one fight. And for Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor makes the most sense.
1: Yes. I agree. I agree 100%. I like that fight. I think that's a good fight to make after his leg injury, and, you know, we're going to get Oliveira and Poirier soon, so, you know, who is going to be the number one contender? We got Michael Chandler out there with uh, Gaethje coming, too, so it's going to be awesome, bro, these next couple fights, and I think that is a perfect fight to keep uh, Tony O'Connor in the mix.
0: Well, yeah, and plus, it's one of those things where either way, like, let's say Tony wins the fight, he can retire off that. He can just ride off into the sunset with his bank. And um he deserves that. He deserves a money fight, a big money fight. I don't want them to use Tony Ferguson as a gatekeeper and they just no. him the young... I don't want him to fight Islam Makachev. I don't want no. that. Even though I think it'd be inter- I don't want to see that because Tony is just I just think he deserves better from the UFC.
1: One hundred percent agree. And I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You th- you think Dan Hooker uh, beats uh, Makachev?
0: Dude, you know what? I'm actually excited to talk about this fight. Dan Hooker took this fight on short notice, and he's got some balls because I think Dan Hooker though uh, is a, is really elusive. He's lanky. He's he can be a little awkward, but he's not slow. He isn't a slow no. guy, even though even though he lost to Chandler and he had a little tough go of it. I got to say, like, overall, Dan Hooker in his last fight, he fucking looked great, and, you know, he's coming off of momentum. He got a, got a good win. He probably feels good and healthy. He, I think he's recharged, and he's. I think he has a fighter inside of him, and if Dan Hooker I, were to school Islam Makachev on the seat, that'd be a good fucking fight.
1: Yes, bro. I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking in my head. I'm like, yo, if if Dan Hooker uses his distance and the long-ass legs to keep that dude away from him, he could possibly knock him out when he's coming in. You know, because that dude is going to get super desperate for a takedown. We, You know that. So imagine one of them knees coming up as he's trying to go down for that fucking takedown. I was like, yo, he poses a real difficult matchup stylistically to that guy. And I think Hooker's going to do it. I think Hooker's going to do it, bro. I kind of feel it. I feel, I, I'm I'm picking Hooker for this fight.
0: I'm picking Hooker, too, because, I, and by the way, I like his lung. I think he's a dope fucking fighter. I like his style. He reminds me, me of
1: Khabib quite a bit. Me, too. I agree. But something about Hooker, man, I think he knows something.
0: <laughs> yeah, he knows something. And I think, too, like, they're looking at Dan Hooker like a t- – I'm not saying that they're looking at him like a tune-up fight. That's a wrong word. But they're looking at him as a – I think Islam Makashev knows that if he beats Dan Hooker, he puts himself in a better position for a title shot down the line. Because Dan Hooker is such a significant fighter. Recently beat Dustin Poirier, and is, uh, he's in a good area in the rankings.
1: Yep. It, it, it was a good – you know what? It feels like a lot of people didn't want to fight him. And Dan Hooker stepped up, man. He's like, fuck it, this guy gotta go through me, and, and I like that he did that. Yeah, this gangster man, Dan Hooker man, who, you know, everybody Izzy chills with, they all low key gangsters.
0: They are, and and you know, um, I remember I felt so bad for Dan Hooker after the, I mean, praise to Michael Chandler, he's a great fighter. I felt really bad for Dan Hooker after his fight against Michael Chandler because a. He, uh, he, he suffered a devastating knockout that was, you know, I could imagine it's tough to bounce back from, but, um, he was stuck in quarantine, I think for what, like 40 days before he could go home to his family in New Zealand. So I felt for the guy during that time period, uh, in earlier in the year, because I'm just thinking, Jesus, like he did the interview with Ariel Helwani and I can just tell like, man, like I want to see this guy come back, get a dub, like, because, um, to just to go through that, like to have the spirit to be like fuck, I'm going through this and then and then you can't see your family for over a month. You know, like yeah, almost two months. It's like, yeah, that's torture. Like what? Like oh my that's god, like, the thing
1: In a weird way he reminds me of this dude. Like not not fighting wise, but like personality wise, where they're just like say what's on their mind and they don't give a shit and they're kinda witty. I I really like the if they're not. I hope he makes
0: it to a title fight. Yeah, and and I I totally know what you mean about Bisping because like they're like the type of guys like they'll they'll break they'll break each other's balls or something, but they're not you know they're not just assholes like they're not like trying to be cold right. like well, fuck you you know, you know what I mean right like, right, like, right right they're witty they're they're fucking really off the cuff funny and uh, I yep. saw this interview with um it was Volkanovski and Dan Hooker hanging out because they're teammates and uh, they were on a podcast together because they fought on the same card and they got W's, and uh, it was really cool to see their dynamic because I I personally see Dan Hooker. I just I think that he we can't underestimate him because no. in all fairness, when he went up against Michael Chandler coming off of that fight with Dustin Poirier, dude, Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier concussed the shit out of each other. They hit each other so fucking much and stood up, and it's crazy to me. Like, and and Michael Chandler took him out the clean shot, but I just personally oh, think Dan Hooker geez. went into that fight with also like a lot of, uh, you know, he, you know, he I deposited, think, you know.
1: I think there's a Bellator a little a little uh, I think when a fighter comes over from Bellator, the the UFC fighter that gets them first. Always has it in their mind that they're gonna fucking dust them because they're from Bellator. And every time that Bellator fighter comes in, he always fucking surprises in his first fight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened, bro. I really think it was just like, man, he's from Bellator. He ain't gonna come over here. I've been fighting the top of the top. And when you fight, Michael Chandler is, is kind of like a gun. Once he fucking ring the bell, that's how he's coming. Pew! There is no, I'm going backwards, none of that shit. And I don't think Dan Hooker was ready for that shit. Dan Hooker was like, all right, I'm going to feel him out. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, going for the kill. No. Michael Chandler said, nah, that's not how I play this game. You know? And and, and you got to respect it because it's the most amazing sport in the world. But uh, he just had a good game plan. And I don't think Dan Hooker was, was expecting that. I really don't.
0: Yeah, no, you make an excellent point where, I mean, it's interesting too when like fight promotions, like when a fighter changes promotions and you see the psychology of certain people. Because the thing is, I've seen Michael Chandler's fights, I was familiar with him. So I'm yeah, really me like, too. yeah, I mean, yeah, you know for sure. Like, and, and mm-hmm. the thing is with a lot of fighters is since they're training all the time, they don't really have time to watch fights. And Dan Hooker might be the type of dude, well, he might catch a UFC here and there, but. He's training so much, he probably doesn't want to watch people fight. Who knows? He might be like Matt Holloway. So, if someone is unfamiliar with, you know, like a Michael Chandler or someone like that, it it really does stir something, you know. And, yeah, I, I just – I think he got caught off guard. And I think that he yeah. wasn't really
1: ready for what happened. Man, I, and you know what? Dan Hooker hangs around champions. You know what I mean? Izzy, Volkanovski – so he he must have that drive like bro i'm I'm the only homie here with no belt, no gold he got he he has that mentality mentality like I need to win one, all my friends got the gold, I need some gold,
0: you know, I totally see that I see that that fire, and yeah, you know, I just think who knows what where the what direction the division go, but if you beat Islam and then however the like for instance however this um, Oliveira Poirier fight goes, if, if Hooker beats um, Islam Makhachev, I think it would be fair for him to square off against the winner of Poirier and Oliveira for the championship, because, I mean, let's be fair, Islam is on a tear, and he has so much hype that if Dan Hooker were to derail that, and plus, let's, let's hypothetically If Dustin Poirier wins the championship, we get that rematch, and we know that shit's going to be a banger. Add to the fact it's a title fight. And then if Oliveira wins it, then we just have a cool stylistic matchup between two lanky fighters. One happens to be more jujitsu oriented than the other.
1: Man, I like Ben Hooker versus Charles Oliveira. I think that's a good fight too, man. Just stand-up-wise, that'd be a pretty good one.
0: That would be so fun. Uh, Jab City, dude. Just jabs, uh, fucking clip. <laughs> jabs and
1: crosses, good hooks. Man, you know what I, I mean. Hope, I hope the MMA gods are good to us, and they just all the stars wind up for the best possible matchups to come.
0: No, it, it, it we're you know it's it's a great time, and it's like you know we got a bunch of awesome divisions and everything popping off, and I I hope Paulo makes weight. I, I hope a lot of things go well for everybody. I hope. John Jones, again, I know we, everyone says that John Jones, Conor McGregor, uh, they get their shit together. And, um, you know, I want to talk about this real quick. I'm super sad the Luke Rockhold Sean Strickland fought, fight fell through. I wanted to see that.
1: Me too, man. I, I did too. I was definitely interested in that one. But you know what? Maybe Strickland will get the winner of this fight.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I hope. I, I hope something happens, you know, in the division. Like, uh, I know Strickland. I mean, oh, shit. Actually, Cannonier versus Strickland. Strickland's also a good one. Hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, that I like that, too. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. A lot of goddamn, man. The middleweight division is popping off, dude.
1: It sure is, man. It, it's low-key becoming a pretty stacked division.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. And it's weird, like, how it wasn't always considered that. I think lightweight and welterweight, was and of course heavyweight. Heavyweight's always the top of the heat because they're fucking amazing. But I think middleweight is in this weird place, uh, not anymore. But I got to be fair. I you know I wanted to actually tip my hat off to Izzy because I think Izzy um is really trying to establish himself as one of the greatest of all time. And and similar, same thing with Kamala Rusman. I think they're trying to do it like a like a George Say Pierre where they clean out their divisions twice over.
1: That's true. Hey, hey, you know what, man? Izzy's still young. Imagine when he actually puts on a little more muscle and gets a little bigger. He might be perfect at 205, you know? He already went five rounds with the camp who fucking KOs everyone. So, it was, you know, I definitely think Izzy is going to clean out his division twice over, It's not three, and then move up to uh, 205 and probably conquer that as well.
0: Yeah, and he's only improving more, not only as a striker, but his grappling. So I think over the years, you know, similar to how John has decided to put on weight, and I mentioned him because they're both, you know, similar body types, lanky, tall guys. I, I think Izzy is um just a dangerous guy. I think he's a dangerous matchup because he's great. He's funny and he's charismatic, great at getting in people's heads. And on top of that, um, if if he did, I think if he he were to go up to 205, like let's say in a few years or however, maybe a year or two, and if he does it again, but he does it differently, not how he did it last time. And I do agree, the fact that he was underweight against Jan Blachovic, and he went the and the, and he went the distance. It is impressive. Like you know, I, it's not easy to to grapple against someone who is significantly heavier than you, and in MMA, any advantage does make a difference and. Shit, like it, it goes to show how good Izzy is, and yes. it, it goes to show how, how scared. Y'all
1: no, it goes to show how scared that guy was because he wrestled fucked him, and he don't normally do that. He wants to stand and bang, and he still was like, "I need to take him down" because he's, he's fast. fast.
0: Izzy is so fucking fast. He's like a, yep. a snake charmer. You know, you, you think it's good then you get bit.
1: Right, exactly, and that and that's what that's what made me think. I'm like, shit, if Izzy had better takedown defense, you know, maybe because he was a little lighter than him, he might have been able to win that fight. Because striking wise, I think Izzy was getting the best of him because he was so fast.
0: Yeah, and and Jan Blachowicz too. Like uh, to his credit, I mean, at the end of the fight, he even said that he he uh, didn't underestimate Izzy. He knew that he was an amazing striker and, uh, he wanted to mitigate, uh, a lot of the time on the feet, and I want to tip my hat off to Jan Blahovich for, for really just being a smart fighter, because that's almost like some Glover to shit, where it's like, nah, I'm gonna go in this, I'm, I know what I'm good at, I know what I do well, and I'm not gonna feed into my opponent's strength, and, um, I, I, uh, yeah, Jan Blahovic, I think he's a tough son of a bitch, and, uh, and same thing with Izzy. Like that fight to me was really good because we got to see two champions fight and match up. And I don't know. To me, I, it makes me even more excited uh, just to see how both divisions move. But I want to see Kishira Glover Kishira versus Jan Blahovic. I think that's going to be a great fight.
1: Yeah, I do too. I, I could see one tapping the other, uh, one hitting the ground, getting back up, like back and forth, because they both oh, it's have power. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, Glover Teixeira is so is almost like a Yoel Romero where he's, like, one of the old... He's, like, in his 40s, and he's just fucking wrecking people, dude. Like, holy shit. Like, this guy, like... And, he, and nobody
1: wanted to fight him back in the day.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy? I guarantee you there are a lot of 205ers who would turn that fight down today.
1: Oh, I 100% agree with you. 100%. It's,
0: yeah, Glover is scary. Like I think Glover is like his grappling is scary, but also like you said, he carries power. And then you add to the fact that he's experienced and he's gone up against people like Anthony Johnson. He, even though he's had some tough, you know, goes of it, he's very fucking dangerous.
1: And you know he's crazy because all the Brazilians with the crazy voices—they're all fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: bro. Yeah, you no,
0: know like, nah, think about it. Think
1: about it. Glover has a little high pitched of a voice. Uh, Anderson got a little high pitched voice. Uh, what else? Um, hmm. Trying to think. I'm trying to think. think. There's, when, there's when more they, though. Oh, is has a deep
0: voice. Brazilian. Wanda has a
1: deep voice, but JDS has a weird light voice for a big ass dude.
0: Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. He's more of like a softer tone. I, do you ever wonder if like they intentionally soften their soften their voice to seem less scary towards regular people?
1: Yeah, I don't know, cause I, I think and I think that's just the voice he's he they were they're just borrowed. Yeah, now but you're shit, right. Yeah, Johnny Lawler is similar. Yeah, Roddy Roddy Waller Lawler. He kind of talks like do you know, Yeah, it's weird. He he's not a bad guy, but he just comes no no no. Off no, no what like I mean a, what I mean. He's like a, a, I mean villain. badass.
0: Yeah, yeah well, well, I'm sorry. Comes, I, I meant badass, but like but he, he comes fucking off talks like
1: with, yeah, he comes a dude. off like a like a like an assassin or some shit like. Like, I get paid to take people's soul, like,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree, and when I said bad guy, like, I meant badass, like, he's a great, like, that's my way of saying he's a great fighter, but, um, I don't know, I, I was fucking really, I, I was laughing because, uh, no, Robbie Lawler, it's kind of, I think Gordon Ryan said something that, like, he's like, yeah, he's a fucking intimidating looking guy, but his voice, he sounds like a teenager, Robbie Lawler, I don't know what it is. This is no disrespect. He Sometimes, does. like to me, he, he sounds like he sounds like <sighs> a teenage. Re- His voice is a little nasally because I don't like know a if it's a how high fighting. Kid. like fighting.
1: Yeah, a and high he's like, I'm gonna kid. go fuck
0: people up, and uh, I just want to show up and fuck people up, and like uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: like, yeah, yeah, kid, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever, kid. I'm gonna take your That's soul.
1: Hilarious. Nah, he's a beast, man. I love watching that guy fight. I I think I've watched. A lot of his fights over the years, from Strike Force to the, uh, even the one before he fought at Strike Force, like all the way to the UFC. I, I think he fought at Bellator too, did he? I'm not yeah. sure.
0: I'm not sure. I think he, he, he definitely wasn't Strike Force. I know that.
1: But oh, they had another fight thing before Strike Force that he was a part of because I saw Nick Diaz fight on that. He was fighting over there, too. I forgot what it was called, though.
0: WEC? No, no,
1: no, not that. It was something else. It wasn't that, a war. Uh, no, I think it was something else that Scott Cooper was running before uh, he got the strike force. I forgot what it was called. It was oh, like some FC or some shit.
0: Elite I don't FC? Know.
1: Yeah, it might have been that.
0: Yes. I, I mean, yeah, I know there's so many fight promotions that have kind of been swept under. Um, yes. You know, but I mean, I even think back to the old uh, Pancras, uh, Boss Routin days. I I love those fights because they're so, like, fucking just crazy. Legendary.
1: Open hand, palm punching. That shit is crazy.
0: Dude, the palm strike is legit as fuck. And
1: I don't get, you know,
0: Boss Routin, I remember listening to him on Joe Rogan. Dude, he dropped a lot of crazy good knowledge. Like, I just remember listening, and he was, talking about combinations and how to organize them to surprise your opponent and all of this wild shit and, and how the palm strike was effective and X, Y, and Z. And when it comes to certain people, like martial artists who are a wealth of knowledge, if anyone should write a book, and maybe he already has and I'm unaware, Boss Ruten is one of those guys.
1: He is one bad dude, bro. And for even at his age now, he probably fuck up a lot of people still. Dude,
0: I, I feel like he could smack the shit out of, like, some current UFC fighters. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, like, yeah, definitely, hard, like.
1: definitely. And he's been around, bro. I've heard some of his crazy-ass stories when he was over there in Japan fighting in Pride, and they were all hanging out and shit, and they would get in fights. Like, he's fucking nuts. Like he, And he, he seems like a good time, too. Like, if you hung out with him, he seemed like you'd fucking wake up with a face tattoo and a tooth missing. All day. He's
0: like, and then he's like, "Aha, oh, my friends. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. We have a
1: couple things, you know. It's, yeah, it's all good. The Dutch culture. Yes, yes, he's a true bro. He's a legend.
0: Yeah, and and also like um, he's as funny as fuck too. I think like he's like a chael in where like his stories, I could watch like I could definitely listen to him and his in their their MMA stories all day because they're so fucking hilarious and they're great at just drawing these parallels to make it relatable. Um, yeah, no, Boss, Boss ruins that guy. And uh, for people listening, if you want to be entertained, go watch Boss Ruten's self-defense videos because all of this, like the, the people he demonstrates on, even though he's not like, giving him a full strike you could tell like that they're like okay alright all right,
1: all right. I didn't sign up for this shit
0: alright boss shit why are you so close
1: <laughs>
0: bullshit It's like no I just need to like, kneel in the stomach ten times
1: fuck that how bad
0: yeah no, that's scary yeah, but um yeah, no, it's definitely been a good time shooting the shit and uh yes, UFC I, I don't even know what number it is. I'm fucking blanking. Six it, it, something. It, no,
1: no, it's actually Fight Night 196, but it we should we should actually call it Fight Night Catchweight
0: 195. Yeah, <laughs> catchweight or maybe it might they
1: might even make that heavyweight. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah,
0: right? Dude, Marvin yeah. Vittori would be so... Dude, Marvin Vittori would be the angriest fucking Italian guy ever. They'd bring that fucking I, guinea energy out.
1: I hope Marvin wins. I'm I'm pulling for that guy.
0: Right. Hey, he's making the weight. You got to respect that. At least he's fucking making the weight. Like, he's
1: getting his job. You That's know, poor true. guy.
0: Like, if we just look at it just like like a regular job, like as if you were a plumber, Paulo Costa would be looked at as a shitty plumber right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. He would.
0: He'd yeah, that's how I look that, at it.
1: He, he'd be the guy that just left it the fucking uh, diaper in the in the pipe and just peeled it back up and left again.
0: <laughs> took another shit in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> took another <laughs> shit on top of his Walked out while drinking that bottle of
0: wine. <clears throat> He's like, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm the protein. <laughs> <It was bad. laughs> but when you watch the interview the best part of the video dude is that there's a point like towards the end of it where Paulo Costa is like don't make excuses Marvin don't make excuses and, and then Marvin's like what do you mean excuse like he's not British he's Italian he's Like what do you mean excuses like you're, you're crazy you're fucking stupid like it was so funny Um, but yeah no on this note I'm a I'm I'm going to head on out. I appreciate the yes, interview talk.
1: And, uh, yeah, Love we day, covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. Until the next time.
0: Until next time, man. I'll see you. Ladies and Have gentlemen.
1: So not me. Peace.